Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, my fellow sovereigns, and welcome back to another episode of The Princess and the Bee. I am so excited to be here with you today. As always, give yourself a hot dose of gratitude for choosing, consciously choosing, content that uplifts and inspires and champions and challenges you to rise into your reign to becoming the queen of your life. Yes, I just went full Oprah because that is what that moment needed. So today I am very excited to dive in around the four stages of learning because had I known this when I was recovering from bulimia, it would have made my recovery so much faster. As many of you know, it took me 10 years to recover and really the majority of my recovery happened within the last three years. Like the prior seven were all the plagiarized programming and like living in the identity of being bulimic and being damaged and feeling like I was a victim and all of those beliefs versus the last three years were when I really started challenging those beliefs and choosing, keyword choosing, deciding to change them. Because we are the conscious creators of our lives. We are more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. And when we are in a victim state like I was back when I was bulimic, that is where we absolutely give our power away to anyone and anything. I was giving my power away to bulimia, to this identity that I'm bulimic, to this belief that I was um, broken and damaged and a victim. And so I was giving my power away to those beliefs and to those situations and to those experiences, which prevented me from actually consciously creating a body and life that freaking ruled, which now I have. So it was in those last three years that I started to challenge and change. And I did it not knowing this process that I'm going to share with you now. I did it unconsciously. And through doing it and figuring it out, I then found this process and I was like, oh my gosh, that would have made it so much simpler. I just know that. But it took me three years. And so I'm hopefully going to share with you a process that will take the time off of your process of healing in whatever area it is. Maybe it's a belief system that you're not worthy or it's a belief that you know, you're not enough or you're not deserving or whatever. And I have had all of those beliefs show up in my life in the past in multiple different forms from my body to my uh, relationships to my business to my finances. And every time I've gone worked through this process, it works, which is why I wanted to bring it to you today, because there are four stages of learning and the most difficult one, the hardest one to get through. The hardest one, even though it doesn't feel like the hardest one, is the first stage. The first stage is 
unconscious incompetence. That is where you don't know what you don't know and you don't know that you don't know it, so you think you know it all. And that is the stage in which your ego is like, oh, I'm right about this. I'm so right about this. So for example, I, my ego back when I was in my teenage years struggling with bulimia was believed I was so right on having that belief that I was broken and damaged and a victim. And I held on to that belief and I fought for that belief because I didn't even choose to question that because I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know that I didn't know it. So I thought that, of course, that was the only right answer because aren't we always looking for the only right, best, perfect answer? And so I thought that that was the only way of being. And thus my ego held on to that identity. It attached itself to being right about that thing that I was unconsciously incompetent in. So I thought that the only way, the only best way for me to survive was being bulimic and living. Bulimia was like, let me be clear. Bulimia was just the manifestation of these deeper rooted beliefs of the not enoughness, of the unworthiness, of the not deserving, of the beliefs that I was broken and damaged and a victim. Bulimia was just the physical manifestation in the physical realm of me suppressing all those fears that I wasn't worthy and then exploding them out through vomiting. So that was the physical manifestation of it. Once I became clear, once my my mom sat on me and said that she loved me and she wouldn't allow me to uh, vomit up my food, when I, I thank her to this day for that moment, it was a very hard moment. I write about it in my book, Rule Your Body. Um, but that moment really made me realize that I didn't want to die. Like I still, there was something in me that wanted to live. I knew that I was currently doing a slow form of suicide because that's what an eating disorder is. And so I knew that there had to be a better way. I just didn't know it. I didn't know what it was. I knew that there had to be a, w- a better way because I had to have some form of hope. I just didn't know what it was. So I would suddenly, it was in that moment that I became aware and I moved through that first most uncomfortable, most challenging stage where you move from unconscious incompetence where you don't know what you don't know and you don't know that you don't know it so you think you know it all to saying there has to be a better way. I'm going to go seek out a better way. I'm going to find a better way. And then, my friends, you go on the journey of learning, which can be uncomfortable because then you shake the frame into the second stage of learning, which is conscious incompetence. So before, you didn't know what you didn't know and you didn't know that you didn't know it, so you thought you knew it all. And that's where the ego likes to be. But in the second stage, oof, in the second stage, problem is, is that you can't, once you know, you can't go back to not knowing. It's like the matrix when you take the red pill. You can't unsee the matrix once you see it. Once you see that you're operating in this matrix of beliefs and in this matrix of systems and that you are a part of that 
and you choose to see that you're actually in the matrix instead of actually just being in, in the matrix, then you see that you're in the matrix and then you got to figure out, okay, well now what? And that's where we get into the conscious incompetence phase. And that is where the phase that is that actually feels most uncomfortable, but it's not the hardest to escape from. The hardest to escape from is the stage of gaining that awareness. The hardest to escape from is the unconscious incompetence because you didn't know that you needed to escape anyway. You didn't know that you needed to find a better way. You didn't know that there could be a better way. And once you decide that there could be a better way and that you choose to seek out hope and you choose to find a better life and you choose to create something new, that is when you start getting into the uncomfortable learning phase that even though it's the most uncomfortable conscious incompetence, because nobody likes feeling incompetent, we all like feeling right and we all like feeling like we're on our game. And this concept of rightness has, has we've grown up with and it's particularly uh, stressed in school to get the right answers, to do the right thing. And sometimes that hinders our actual experience of the joy of learning. So we're in the stage of conscious incompetence and this is the one where it's difficult because we know what we don't know. We don't know, we know that we don't know it. We know that we don't know everything. We know that there is a better way. We don't know how. We don't know what to do. And so this is a stage where you will start questioning after you make the mistakes. So it's very uncomfortable because there's that beautiful thing that happens is you see yourself as both the cause and the effect and you're experiencing, oh, you're experiencing all the effects. You're experiencing all the results, all the data, all the experiences, and you know that you're also the cause. And you know that you can choose a different way. But you're just not sure of what that way is. And so you're seeing the same results and it's frustrating. And it's annoying and it's, ugh, it's sometimes agonizing, it feels like. Because you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I made that mistake again. I did it again. Ah. Oh. And I remember going through this time and time again in my recovery from an eating disorder because I would catch myself after I threw up, after I downed a bottle of laxatives. I'd be like, oh, crap. Damn it, I did it again. I did it again. Why? Why is a shitty question to ask when, uh, when you're asking yourself a question of growth when you're in that stage? Because why? We'll give you all the reasons why. Well, here's all your old beliefs. Here's all your limiting beliefs, your self-limiting decisions. Here's all the stuff, the reasons, the beliefs as to, you know, why I was damaged, the beliefs of why I felt like a victim, the beliefs as to why I felt like I would never be enough. Here's all the beliefs. Why is a shitty question when when directed toward all the things you don't want? But if in the stage of conscious incompetence where you're catching yourself after you make the mistakes and you're like, fuck, I'm doing it again, or ah, damn it, I'm feeling that self-loathing again, or damn it, I'm feeling that just like, not enoughness or not worthiness or not deserving or like I'm irredeemable or fundamentally flawed. Ugh. Okay, I'm feeling all those feelings. 
if you can ask yourself a better question, you will get better results next time, which will actually move you faster into the third stage. It takes getting uncomfortable. It takes actually being uncomfortable with saying, okay, it starts conscious incompetence is where you get to be really comfortable with making mistakes because you're seeing the mistakes. You're seeing the mistakes you're making in the matrix because you know that you're no longer in the matrix. You know that you're now an active participant and a co-creator of your life. You're just not sure how to create something new because you're still looking at the patterns of what has brought you to that point. And so you'll question yourself after the fact. You'll question yourself when you are in the feeling of, of self-loathing. You'll question yourself when you're in the feeling of making the mistake. You'll, you'll question yourself after you see the bank account drop. You'll question yourself after you experience that, um, that fight with your partner where you're like, ah, damn it, this happened again. And that's when you start asking yourself questions of what and how. What and how? Okay, instead of looking at it like an identity thing, what triggered me to get this response? What caused this response? How could I look at this differently? How could I transform this? So I did this with bulimia. And I would catch myself after I would purge and say, okay, all right. Well, instead of feeling judgy, and shitty and asking myself all those questions of like why I did this, which will give me all those, you know, old beliefs of, well, you must be a loser or, you know, you suck or all those shitty beliefs. I would ask myself instead, what triggered me? What feelings did I feel? What situation was I in that caused me to go down that default path? Because I want you to start thinking of your beliefs like software programming. And if you've ever had an issue with your computer and you're like, I don't want to take it into the Apple store. I don't want to deal with that. So you just start putting up with it. And you're like, okay, how can I work around it? How can I? Okay, I get that this, there's this glitch and that my, you know, this happens from time to time. But meh, I mean, I'll work around it. It's fine. And so you start to get accustomed to that glitch being there. And so what allowing yourself to question is instead looking at that glitch and saying, okay, well, what initially caused this glitch? What, what caused this, this hiccup in my programming? And allowing yourself to question and say, well, how could I change that? The same is true when it happened in business. When I was going through my year and a half of making absolutely no money and crown yourself because uh, I created it and was scared to actually go all in and scared to make money and scared of rejection and all the things. And I started questioning, well, I don't like my bank account being so low. I don't like seeing no money in my bank account. And so I would say, well, what caused this? Well, here's what caused this. What could I do differently? Well, maybe I could actually sell a product. Maybe I could actually sell some coaching. And so I would look at that. The effect was seeing a low bank account. The cause was because I wasn't making any sales. I wasn't making offers. But I had to start asking myself a different question instead of seeing my low bank account and making that mean something about who I was. It didn't mean anything. 
We only, nothing has meaning except for the meaning that you give it. Tony Robbins said that. So true. Because we are, we as humans are meaning machines. So we make things make meaning. We, we give things meaning. Oh, that person didn't call me back. They must not like me. That's a meaning. That doesn't necessarily mean it's true. It's a meaning. A meaning is essentially a belief. So instead of making a low bank account or a mistake that you make mean something about who you are at your core, mean something about your identity, you look at that mistake instead as data. You look at that mistake instead as, as information, like an anthropologist. Okay, well, that mistake, that thing, I'm not sure what led to this effect, looking at the effect or the result of, of what you are experiencing that you do or do not like. Because you can do this as well for things that you do like, too, where you're like, ooh, I really like the effect of having, you know, of closing a, a $40,000 deal. Or I really like the effect of signing this uh, contract for a new job that with a $22,000 raise. Okay, I really like what caused that effect. And so you can look at that as well from a positive standpoint. Everything is just feedback. So if you look at it from a negative standpoint of the results that you don't like, like a low bank account or no clients or... Um, for me, I looked at it I, it, I started this journey from, you know, 15 years ago, looking at it from my effect of bulimia. So when I would purge, I looked at, well, what triggered that response? What could I do differently? What was the environment that I was in? Who was I around that really instigated me to feel this way, that to feel like I was uh, on that compulsion? Because the, the purging was only my default programming. That was just what I had grown up as a safety mechanism. Glitchy programming. So I had to look at what caused it. Who was I around? What triggered it? What could I do differently? If I removed myself from that trigger, then maybe I could change. So one of the triggers that I had initially was having ice cream in the house. And so... I, when I would look at an experience, for example, and I would binge on like a pint of ice cream, I then said, well, this is caused by me having it in the house. Because I have it in the house, let me make it more difficult then to not have it. So I would just not buy ice cream and have it in the house. Now, 15 years later, if you had told me that I could have a, like, literally, there's a pint of ice cream sitting in my freezer that's been there for weeks. And I maybe have, like, a scoop or, like, a spoonful from time to time. Sometimes Decky and I, when it thunders, like, thunders is our sit on the couch and cuddle and have a couple bites of ice cream. But that pint of ice cream has been in our freezer for weeks. Like, if you had told me that 15 years ago that I would be able to easily and effortlessly, no problem, have ice cream in my freezer, I would have thought you were absolutely insane. I would th think that that was completely impossible, that I would be able to become the uh, person who has ice cream in her freezer that she doesn't completely devour the entire thing at one time in one sitting. However, that is because I went through this process. 
So I looked at the triggers. I looked at the experiences. I looked at the people I was surrounding myself with. And I noticed that, oh, when I'm around this person, they don't make me feel so good. They actually make me feel quite bad. And why is, if, if I'm around this person, if I'm feeling bad, what is it that they are, what is it that I'm scared that they're seeing? What is it that I'm scared that's actually true about me? And is that ultimately true? So I started questioning and using all these questions to guide myself through the very uncomfortable phase of unconscious incompetence into the third phase of learning, which is conscious competence, which is where you start catching yourself before you make the mistake, which is where you start seeing those habits, those beliefs. Oh, I'm about to go down that self-sabotage spiral. All right, let's let's change it up. Let's let's pivot. We know exactly what this path is doing. We know this trigger. Oh, hey, familiar trigger. Hey, familiar experience. Hey, familiar person who used to make me feel this way. All right, cool. I'm instead of engaging with you, I'm going to choose to respond differently. I'm going to choose a different cause because I want a different effect. So let's say, for example, you don't like the effect of overspending and you constantly see yourself, your bank account gets to the point where it's like, you know, you can make more money. And for some reason, all that money that you make, no matter how much you make, goes to bills, goes to expenses, and suddenly you're left with nothing in your account at the end of the month. You know that next month you'll make more money, but somehow, some reason, there's the effect where there's no money in your bank account. And so if that's an effect, if that's a result that you don't like, I know I had that for a while. I didn't like that result. I call it financial bulimia. Um, I didn't like that result. And so I looked at, well, what's causing this? What's the cause? What's the question? What's the trigger? And so for me, with seeing that pattern of, receiving more money, but then having it go to bills, I took a look at, well, what's causing this? Well, let me look at, let me assess what I'm actually spending things on. And I was like, oh, I'm unconsciously spending on this, like, you know, $14 a day on coffee. Okay, that's, that's a little crazy. Um, What else, what else, what else am I unconsciously doing? So I looked at my spending. And so when I would feel myself starting to feel that compulsion to go back for my uh, twice a day Starbucks, I would say, oh, no, no, no. Maybe I don't need that. Maybe I need something different. Maybe I need to just breathe. Maybe I need to be comfortable with keeping that money in my account. Maybe, what if I, what if I instead just allowed myself to, to feel satiated and energized what what if instead of needing that extra cup of coffee what if instead I just needed a nap or a 20-minute meditation so I would start to do things differently before I would go out and spend the same was true with my bulimia I would start to do things differently before I would feel compelled or the compulsion to go purge so instead, or, or to the compulsion to go binge, 
oh, I'm feeling irritable or angry. I would feel those feelings. And suddenly that used to be a trigger to suddenly go to California Pizza Kitchen and order like the biggest. I, I don't know how much food I was able to consume. I was able to consume ungodly amounts of food, more than a USC football player. Like <laughs> it was crazy. Um, but looking at that and say, oh, OK, I'm feeling frustration, irritability. What am I actually frustrated about? No, it's not about my body. I would, uh, and I would look at like, well, what is it in my life that I'm actually feeling frustrated about? Oh, it's about I'm feeling unworthy or I'm feeling unheard by my, uh, the person that I was dating or I'm feeling not valued at the place that I was working or at the, at the Pilates studio where I was working. Okay, cool. That's really what the problem is. It's not going out and my, it's not my body. It's the fact that I'm feeling undervalued, underappreciated, not respected in these other areas. Okay, well, how do I instead choose to be respected? Well, maybe, and this is what I did, I choose to be respected by going off and starting my own private studio. I choose to be respected. I choose to make more money. I choose to own my worth by doing something differently. I choose to work only with clients that I absolutely love instead of clients that I'm like, like, oh boy, here comes that one again. That complaining, never satisfied customer. So choosing differently. So I would notice the feelings of irritability, frustration, anger, sadness, grief. All of those feelings that would accompany those, those former practices that is where in the past, in the conscious incompetence stage, I would have just immediately gone into, okay, trigger, here you go. Uh, binge and purge versus in the conscious competence stage I would recognize the feeling the trigger the cause and then consciously choose something different consciously choose to address the actual cause versus the symptom of the problem so similarly in business I've seen this with clients with suddenly they are choosing they're saying oh When I feel X, Y, and Z in my business, it's because I'm not asking for support. It's because I'm not reaching out for support. So I've had, for example, when clients feel really overwhelmed and suddenly their bank account drops and their launch doesn't go really well, then they used to make that mean, oh, I'm a failure, oh, I'm not good at business, and make all these identity meanings. Once they escape the matrix, they started to assess, okay, conscious incompetence phase, what was I actually doing that triggered that response? Well, not selling, not selling aligned things, not even focusing on selling, doing uh, a whole bunch of summits that don't produce income or generate leads. Oh, okay, these are the things that I'm doing. Now let me shift and see like, oh, well, is that really helping or hurting and starting to ask better questions? Once you're asking those better questions, then you start to look at what are those actual triggers. And then you start to realize and feel the frustrations or feel the fears or feel the emotions instead of them triggering you to go into that compulsory action whether it's spending a lot, whether it's the compulsory action, the default programming of um, 
self-loathing, the default programming of, oh, this is just who I am. I'm just a failure. That that sort of like comment, that, that default programming that you're used to, that you can change the default settings. We just got to restart the computer. We just got to restart the software and reboot it. Once they're in the conscious competence phase, they feel the feelings, they recognize and assess what it actually is. Instead of going for the default, they catch themselves before they make the mistake, before they overspend, before they blow up at their kids, before they um, uh, need to apply for the loan, before they do the thing that that creates that havoc, before they make the mistake, before they are stimulating into the spiral of the identity beliefs of uh, being a victim of themselves or being a villain of their story. Then, once you're in the conscious competence phase, that is when it's a practice of continuously looking at the cause of like what causes, what actually causes. And that is when then, after enough practice in that third stage of conscious competence, then you get to the fourth final stage of learning where you become it unconscious competence where it just becomes natural and so default you it's not even a thing like me having ice cream in my freezer like I don't turn to ice cream or food at all anymore it's not a part of my identity it's not even who I it's it is in no way related to who I am Like, no longer does food have that control over my life because I went through these past learning stages. Because I got uncomfortable in the conscious incompetence phase, that one does feel like the hardest. Because I started recognizing the patterns in the conscious competence stage, and then I, I just started to become it. I just started to become a healthy person. I just started to become and lean into the being of a new state of being. I started to become a woman who has a very amazing relationship with her body. I started to become a woman who has a amazing relationship with food, who trusts her body to produce results, who trusts her body to have to say what she needs and what she doesn't need and what she wants to consume and how much she wants to consume and how much she does or does not. And it's from that space that that is, that is the complete and utter identity shift. It can happen. It's uncomfortable as fuck sometimes. But as you go through those four learning stages, those are the four learning stages for every belief system, for every single habit, for every single piece of programming, plagiarized or otherwise, those are the stages that you will go through to create who it is you want to be. The question is, are you willing Are you courageous enough? Are you brave enough to venture into the unknown, which is the stage of conscious incompetence? Allow yourself to be in that very uncomfortable unknown and then moving into conscious competence and into the state of being. Keep going. Trust the process. It is a process. And you got this. Let me know if this episode served you. If this episode resonated with you, take a screenshot of it and share it on your Insta stories. I cannot wait to hear how this served. And if you are going through a stage of learning in your learning cycle, 
and would like some support with that, then I encourage you and invite you to jump on a high-performance acceleration consult with me. In 90 minutes, we can radically accelerate your learning process and this this entire learning four-step process to being a lot faster than sometimes what we can do on our own. So I invite you to join me for a one-on-one consult. I look forward to seeing you. The link is in the description, and I will see you on the next episode. As always, own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.